Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 532. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here with us today, and I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest, Shanti Yogini. Shanti is the founder of Yoga for Happiness Academy, and just like so many of our entrepreneurial journeys, she did not start on her career path doing what she did today. Shanti, I am so happy to have you here, and I cannot wait to dive into your journey and some of the big revelations and ahas that you've had along the way. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. I feel so honored and blessed. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. Shanti, you were in software, and I would love to know how long you were in there and what the big aha was that brought you out of that and brought you along the path that you're on today. Well, I actually did my engineering, and I was for nearly nine years in in that field in India, and then I I got a software job and came to the United States, and uh, I worked here for about six years before I resigned. And when I came to this country, I was a single parent. And I had my one-year-old daughter and we both came here and I was suffering some negative emotions at that time. And uh, I had been introduced to the path of yoga in my young age. And when I mean yoga, I'm not talking of the the physical poses or the exercises part, but the complete science of yoga from my childhood. And As I was going through the negative emotions, I realized that after a year or two of staying here, it was time for me to come out of that and be the normal, happy, the courageous self that I used to be back in my country, back in Mm -hmm. my younger days, really doing a lot of community work. And I just wanted to be back to that self and not be suffering from anything negative, like, you know, being afraid, being feeling victimized or pointing fingers at someone or blaming someone for the state I was in and or feeling even guilty and having regrets. Like all these I felt was taking away what I could really achieve, uh, how I could express all the talents I have. And I I felt I could be a lot more productive in a very positive way. Uh, Even though I was doing great in my software job, I felt my in my personal life, I could be doing so much more, giving so much more because I asked myself three questions at the time. Am I free? Am I present? Am I giving? Am I free from all the things that is holding me back from expressing myself fully? And my answer was no at that time. I, I wasn't really free internally. And am I present? I wasn't fully present to all that I had at that time, all the blessings that life was giving me. I wasn't fully present to the to the present. I was still 
struggling with things of the past and having fear and anxiety for the future. So again, my answer was a big no for that question. Am I giving? I felt I wasn't giving a lot to the community other than what I did in a, in, on a great level in my job. I had so many talents. Um, I was a great dancer and I felt everything stopped. A great teacher. I used to do a lot of, offer a lot of classes. So again, my answer was like, no, I wasn't giving. And I decided to change all the no to yes. And that was my healing journey. And I had to go back to my roots, to the knowledge I had gained, to the practices that I was following in my younger days in the science of yoga. And and very soon with my introspection practice and realization, I completely healed. I became a really happy, joyous person with nothing of the past holding me back with no worries about the future. And because this science of yoga brought myself back to what I was before and and even greater, like now every day became a joy. I looked forward to every day. I knew there was so much to achieve, so much to give, so much to share. That and, is, and, Shanti, I, I want to interrupt you, but I don't want to interrupt you. You have me thinking about my own life right now. And I'm sure you have listeners thinking about their own lives right now, too, especially if, like you and me, if we're parents, mothers, you and I are recording this on a Monday. We have just gotten through a weekend. I have three little kids and two big ones. I have three-year-old twins and a five-year-old. And all weekend, I have to say, I was not free. I was not present. And I was not giving. And I don't mean to the community. I mean here in my house. I was, mm. I was free, present, and giving to my clients, but not to my own family. Oh, wow. Listeners, I want you to think about that for yourself. I mean, it's one thing to be free, present, and giving to the people who are paying us. But what about to the ones who want our love and that we're giving love back to? Yeah. I would love for you to explain the difference between the yoga that you were brought up with and taught as a child versus the yoga that we, especially in the Western world, have been taught. Because all I can think is down, downward dog and, you know, the, the <laughs> poses that we see on Instagram when people are taking selfies during yoga. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A question that I would really love, love to answer because I'm so passionate about the topic. So yoga, the original word in the ancient language of Samskritam, that is Sanskrit. So it is yogaha. Yogaha means union, connection, togetherness. So this union is on many levels. On one level, this union is feeling the union within oneself feeling harmonious, feeling connected to everything that makes myself. My body being connected to my mind, my, my mind being connected to my intellect, that to be connected to my spirit. So it is a union within myself. And also a union on the next level is the connection with everything else around, everyone else around. 
because all the suffering in the world is because of this sense of separation that we feel. We don't feel like, you know, Lord Jesus says, we are all children of the God. That means everyone is my brother and sister. Everyone is, we are all these sparks of the same divine. We know it theoretically, but how many of us can feel it in every moment of our life that, oh, my neighbor, that person I see, the person who wanted to cheat me, this person who harmed me, like they are all sparks of the same divine. I mean, do I feel connected to the person? No, I may get angry. I may want to take revenge. I feel upset at someone who called me stupid and I'm just waiting when I could give back properly to them. So we don't really feel that in the practical sense. And because of that, a lot of negative emotions arise in our mind and they snatch away our peace and happiness. So yoga, yoga is the path, is a set of tools, it is a science that gives us an ability to feel this union, this connection, this togetherness within oneself and outside of oneself with everything, with everyone. Because wow. one yeah. So inside me and also with my family, with my clients, like with exactly. all. With all, not only the people, but even with animals, birds, plants, mm. with, with even the so-called, what we say is like non-living things. Right. Because really nothing is like non-living because it's not moving. We call it non-living, but everything in the universe is really pulsating with energy. There is dynamic force that is acting within because we know as per science that everything has got is made up of atoms and atoms have got electrons that are moving at high speeds and everything has its own unique frequency. It's vibrating. It's in motion. So, in the macrocosmic level, everything is in motion, like planets and stars and, you know, they are all moving in, in order, in rhythm. In the microcosmic level, in the atomic, subatomic level, everything is moving. So it's really going much deeper than being nice to people. I mean, of course, we have a hard time even feeling that connection with people. So we should ideally, yes, start with our family, with our siblings, with our community, with just people maybe in the church, in the place you go to worship, like not having animosity or like talking behind someone's back, like that's the level one. But I'm saying that yoga itself is not just that, it goes beyond encompassing the entire universe where you can feel that same energy that's pulsating through everything and you feel that oneness and union with all, then you become the most powerful, most loving, the most joyous. The person that we say God is all powerful or the divine is all powerful, all pervading and each one of us can become that divine, that all powerful, all love, all joyous, all everything. So that is the capacity to which the science of yoga can take us. And of course, it's there are so many tools and techniques for slowly moving in the ladder. Like you say, first starting with our clients, with our family, with our siblings, our kids, our partner, feeling that oneness, togetherness, the union. So we are less hurt by their actions. We are less prone to be upset and angry with what they do when they don't do 
something as per our wish to feel less hurt and less insulted by their actions but then gradually as we move up the ladder we can expand it to you know people whom i don't know people in my community whom i've never seen then people in my country whom i've never heard of and people in other countries i mean it can slowly expand because yoga is a path for this expansion but yeah okay i am say, sold so how do we do it <laughs> <laughs> like it this is not just the downward dog and and I have never gone to a yogurt yeah, yeah let me try that again a yogurt class is what I was about to say I think I'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> I have never gone to a yoga class so I don't even know if I'm saying the right pose I mean I trip over my own feet but I I just the more and more you talk the more I'm thinking about even just this past weekend my five-year-old has been acting out but she keeps on asking me, can you play with me? Can you play with me? I feel like I, I'm having mama guilt right now, full, <laughs> full admission from me. So if I were present, if I were giving, what was the first one? The first question that you asked yourself? Am I free? Am I free? If I was free, free, present and giving, I mean, she and all my kids and my family and, and myself would receive and give a lot more and she probably wouldn't be acting out like she is because that is, I have no doubt, an attention-grabbing strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm not present. I'm not giving. But that's how she gets mama's attention. Yes. So how, how do I open myself up? Like, Do you have a few starter steps? Because I know you do an in-depth training and you're actually, I know you have trained instructors on how to do this. Are you still doing that? Sorry, I told you I had a bunch of questions together. Yes, yes, yeah. It is still, yes, I do offer the teacher training program where somebody who wants to teach can understand yoga at this level. And they don't have to give this level to a student because it's a lot. But a person who is qualified to even teach someone should have this all-encompassing, at least basic about yoga I really call it the fundamental of yoga that you need to understand that this is yoga this is where it can potentially lead and of course it has many tools and techniques and the yoga poses that is very popular here is one such tool if you think of yoga as a tree then yoga pose is one branch of the tree and the tree can survive even without this one branch so what did you say it's called the real name is Yogaha. Yogaha. Yeah. Yoga so that I is mean, I feel like the westernized yoga has basically taken the aha away. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? Oh, my like, God. It's taken- You're amazing. Yes, yes. Taking, yes, it has taken. In fact, when I teach my uh, students here and the teachers, we only use the word Yogaha. We use everything, the original Sanskritam word. Because it's even not called Sanskrit as it is made. It's actually Samskritam. But it's been made uh, the anglicized version as uh, Sanskrit. But it's uh, so here in, in, in the training, everybody uses only yoga. Huh? They don't even use yoga. It's not like Y-O-G-A-A. So I we, didn't even know we that existed. Just <laughs> but yoga, huh? I mean, seriously, it took the aha away. And, and I'm not trying to... To dis Americans, but we like to do things lazy. And it's, well, maybe it's not that we like to. We've gotten trained to take the easy route, go through fast food, 
you know, get our exercise in five minutes or, hey, let's just take a pill to make us lose weight. But where's the mindset? Where's everything else? See, the thing is, even if you only were doing yoga poses, but if you have understood yoga this way, because yoga poses is a tool. And if it is done rightly, even that tool, yes, can produce Great benefits for the body, for the mind, for our brain. It can really connect us. Like I was talking about this union and it can it can make that happen if it when it is done rightly and not as just fitness exercises. Right. And it can make you that person being free, being present and being giving even just through that one tool and even just two minutes of the tool. I mean, so it, this is Hollywood version, but I've seen so many on shows and movies, you know, girlfriends are at yoga class together and they're there gossiping and venting about the stupid stuff that their husband did that morning. I mean, that is not based upon what you are telling us. That is not yoga because they're <laughs> they're not one with themselves yes. and with the universe because there they are gossiping. Yeah. So here, as I see, yoga has become, it's been modified in a way so it can become very commercial. Because the way I talk about yoga, it's hard to be, it's hard to make it commercial. For example, when I was teaching even group classes before, which I don't do now, I stopped. I only teach one-on-one to people, even if it is for just one hour, I can teach them and train them to become independent in the few practices that they learn in that one hour. But in even at the time when I was doing group classes, it is people come on the day one and they decide if they like this methodology, the way it is taught, like going into fundamentals, then they commit for next 12 sessions. So everyone starts on the same day and they end on the same day because I have a syllabus. I take them through that. No walk-ins, no drop-ins. Somebody just can't come in between after the second, third class and say, hey, you're doing a yoga class. I want to join. Like that doesn't work because then I'm not doing justice. I'm, I'm not able to take everyone the next step, the next step. So it just It conflicts with the way I want to make the students independent. So if they are interested, they have to wait until I gather at least another four people. And then I would start a new batch, but they cannot be part of what is existing. Oh, I love that. That's like my five-year-old wanting to go to seventh grade with my son before she even knows how to do (laughs) (laughs) arithmetics, right? Yes. Yeah. Because what's happening, like you say, in in this uh, American version is that you... It's not treated as a science because the teacher doesn't understand it as a science. She was never trained to understand it as a science. It is like you are, you want to learn mathematics or physics and you are given a class card. In the next six months, you can drop in any 10 times. And then you walk in there into the math class and they are talking about some theorem you never understand. And you're, you cannot hope to learn mathematics. You can just sit and watch what everyone is doing or what the teacher writes on the board or shows on the PowerPoint, but you're really never learning anything. So you're explaining calculus in the eyes of Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, listeners, I took calculus in college and I don't know how I passed the class. <laughs> I didn't cheat. I can tell you that. I think I got it for a split second enough to get through an exam. And then, actually, I don't even know that we had an exam. That's what you get at art school, by the way. No exams. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that analogy. Yeah, yeah, you can 
Oh, okay. So, so yeah, what are some of the fundamentals? And I don't want to give you, I, I don't want you to give away all the tricks or not tricks. That seems like such the wrong word because I want people to go to you and learn all the, the deep, good stuff. But how yeah. could we get started? How to get started. So first is at least getting an understanding that this what this is what yoga is and it's it's a willingness to actually unlearn what you have known and heard about yoga because in in people's mind so yoga means i have to be flexible i have to learn some poses the more poses i learn the more advanced i become so there are there are a lot of misconceptions or like oh i it's become more like a trend i can go now and then and still i am practicing yoga or even for people who are practicing one hour a day it is still something very isolated from their life it's an activity but so a lot of things we have to unlearn so that is step number 1 then that is when you get this true understanding that oh, okay so this this is what yoga is uh it is like a billionaire it can give me a lot more i don't need to go asking for a dollar 100 dollars 1000 dollars hey i can ask 10000 50000 he can this billionaire can sponsor my 1 million dollar event so having that mindset that big picture about what yoga is is step number 1 so unlearn what we have known if we have understood it wrongly and get this understanding and second is invest as little as one or two hours to learn some very very basic things it could be a few yogic exercises it could be three four yoga poses it could be on the first level learning how to breathe right because breath is given the least importance in many places people focus so much on just the physical body and the movement and and even in that i should say they are not really doing the yoga poses the right way there is so many modifications there are so many different styles people call it uh, basically they modify the way the physical the postures are done and they call it different styles so we don't need to know all those things so to start with even learning three or four very very simple ones nothing complicated not no downward dog in fact when people used to come to my sessions by the time they learned the downward dog it was almost like probably 20 classes 20 20 20 second classes it's only after that this was even coming because you can get a lot even through very very simple ones it's not about how complicated a pose is that's going to give you benefit but how well and thoroughly you understand about that simple pose that it can take you on multiple journeys it can help you physically it can help you therapeutically it can help you mentally it can help in your brain in intellectually in your decision making in clarity it can bring that connection that togetherness to your family to the society to the world and it can help you touch your very inner core your spiritual journey yeah. and it's a very simple pose so can we go back to breathing just for a moment mhm what's the right way to breathe who that i i do want to share that there are days today is not one of them thank goodness but there are days that as the day goes by i catch myself not breathing and all of a sudden my shoulders are practically touching my earlobes you oh, know oh okay but i forget to take a deep breath side note to my awesome transcription team please make sure our tool does puts breath in and not a piece of female anatomy that has happened before 
<laughs> Everywhere where the word breath was, I'll just say breast was in instead. It made oh, for quite gosh. it made for quite a funny transcription, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. But yeah, what is the right way to breathe? See, actually, you know, I rarely just, you know, since I teach everything as a science, because yoga is a science, so people learn it as a science and they do experiment. So the way I would say is like, I can't tell you in one word or I don't like to say in a word like, hey, this is how you have to breathe. But if I have to make you and everyone go through this, it might take about six, seven minutes, uh, eight minutes. Is that okay? Then I can actually walk you through the process. If you don't mind, I would absolutely love it. Okay. So, okay, sit straight with your spine erect. And it's okay if you're sitting on the chair. Move to the middle of the chair if you're sitting on the chair and plant your feet on the floor. And take your hands and place them on the stomach. And I first want you to check how your breathing is currently before I tell you how you should or should not breathe. So placing both the hands on the stomach and if you're comfortable, you may have your eyes closed. Now take deep breaths in and out and notice when you take a breath in, is your stomach going out or is your stomach going in when you take a breath in? Or is your stomach not moving at all? So observe how the movement of your stomach is when you take a breath in. And if you're finished observing, you may open your eyes. And you can share. So this is when I actually ask everyone to, you know, like kind of share or raise the hand for how many of you the stomach went out. And some people raise the hands for how many of you the stomach went in and some people raise the hand. And for how many there was no movement in the stomach and a few people raise the hand. So do you want to share how you felt? How yeah. the stomach moved? I would love that. I felt okay. my chest going out and my stomach going in. When you took a breath in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you think the, should happen? Like when you take a breath in, should the stomach go in or should it go out? Well, it doesn't make sense to me that my stomach was going in because I'm filling my body with air. So to me, mm -hmm. it should go out. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, it is just like uh, you. someone is offering you candies and you're holding say grocery bag and you're holding the bottom of the bag tight with your hand and you're showing the rest of the bag so let's say at the bottom of the bag that's your stomach and above the bag that's your chest so even though your chest is open now the person is trying to fill the bag with candies but because your bottom is tight it's going in means it's getting tight and it's becoming smaller so they cannot fill the entire bag with candies. So you're having much less than what you could potentially have. So you're right. So when we take a breath in, the stomach should come out because that is when you are really filling it with air. And as little, when we were newborns, 
and small infants, if we watch their stomach and if they are just lying down, you would see the stomach rise up with your breathing in and go down and all of us were breathing right. But because our breath is very intimately connected to our mind, our mental state, our emotions, whenever there is change in the emotions, there is change in the breath. And you would have noticed how people's breathing changes when someone is sobbing, when someone is angry, someone is excited, when someone is calm. So with each of these emotions, the way we breathe changes. So also our stomach is again related, not only the breath, but the stomach itself is related to how you feel. That is why when people are feeling very tensed, like before an interview or before an exam, they feel there's butterflies in my stomach. They use the word, right? Oh, yeah. So that means the stomach muscles are getting tightened because of our anxiety um, of that fear. So they are all linked. And because the breath, uh, proper breathing uh, involves that stomach and the diaphragm, when the emotions are not okay, the stomach is not, the muscles are not functioning properly. They are not expanding and contracting the way they should. Of course, when our emotions normalize, that should normalize. But I think in the modern days, there is constant, uh, you know, fear, tension, some negative emotion or the other. And we have only brief moments of when everything is gone and we feel absolute peace. At some point, the pattern changes and therefore, we are no more breathing the way we were breathing as newborns and as infants and as toddlers and things have changed. So, so the, the very first step, again, they should learn it from a person who knows. And I have a very, very mini program on my website, like a $7 one. So I guide them through the whole process, uh, like it's a video thing so they can see. And I also give a lot more of, you know, how they can use this breath even for people who are breathing right you know it's very important that they should practice this you know stomach breathing uh, coming stomach coming out so how about we take a minute to like redo now that we know the theory of what should happen to the stomach let's just complete that part by once again uh, making the spine erect sitting straight having the feet uh, flat and planted on the ground Eyes gently closed if you're comfortable. And again, hands on the stomach. Now breathing in, let the stomach come out. And breathing out, let the stomach go in. Breathing in, allow the stomach to expand. And breathing out, let it contract. Breathing in, stomach becomes bigger. Breathing out, stomach becomes smaller. And if the stomach is not going in when you breathe out, then just force the stomach to go in. Sorry, if the stomach is not coming out when you're breathing in, and if it is tending to go in like before, then the next time you breathe out, just push the stomach forcibly in and then it will start coming out the next time you take a breath in. So it is retraining it with the right understanding of what should happen. 
So keep breathing in and out, making sure your stomach comes out when you take a breath in and the stomach is pushed in when you breathe out. And after your next breathing out, you may gently stop the practice and gently open your eyes. So now, how did you feel your stomach was doing when you took a breath in? I had to force it a little bit, but it was so interesting actually focusing on my breathing and on my stomach versus even what you were saying or anything else that's going around in my mind. It was amazing. Oh, see, breath is very, very powerful. It is. And that is why it's one of the uh, very important tools that is not only used in isolation like this. In fact, what we discussed, it's just called the basic breathing. It's a proper breathing. And this should be the very first step everyone should learn. Especially, I mean, of course, as a human being, all of us should learn because it has nothing to do with the practice of yoga. Mm -hmm. but, but since we don't learn it and since schools don't teach us like this, it's not a part of the curriculum. In the science of yoga, this should be taught. And in fact, anyone who comes to me in the, whether it's a group or it's a private session, right in the first session, we take 10 minutes. And this is something that is addressed. So even if they... Don't do anything else in life. No other pose, no other exercise. If they just practice this one thing, that every day, even if the stomach is coming out correctly, but we are not breathing all the time consciously. I mean, it is just happening very involuntarily. So taking the time, even if it is only 20 seconds, 30 seconds, half a minute, one minute, whenever you get time, even one or two times, if we can do that by just closing the eye, focusing on the breath and uh, just giving that attention to the breath and consciously slowing it down. Because when we take deep breath, we are filling our system with oxygen. And I'm only now talking of the diaphragm. Of course, we have two more layers in our respiratory system. But I am just now talking of the one part of it. I still didn't come to the chest and there is one more part above it. But just only addressing the diaphragm, uh, that is the stomach, because that is the larger surface area. So even if that one thing is done, it would do so much good for the body and for the mind. I and can see that. I yeah. have someone really close to me who tends to be a little bit high strung. And she was telling me one day that she thinks she's actually making her husband sick. Like literally when she's all stressed out and anxious and perhaps sometimes maybe not too happy with something that he's done, mm -hmm. he literally gets sick. And I can see this helping him to handle her high strungedness. I think I'm making up words here, but I love her to bits, but I know she's a bit more than a bit high strung. <laughs> and, and he lives with her. So, I mean, get you know, be one with yourself, learn how to breathe and save yourself the pain of having to pull over on the highway anymore. Yes, yes, Just yes. Just because yes. you're breathing. Yeah. Amazing. That's not in, in fact, my house, people. I am not. Strong. 
Yeah. So if this is something that people want to like learn the correct way and be guided and I mean, there are a few more bonuses like, you know, the 10, uh, 10 places that you are not even aware of that you can actually use this breath. Like because we always complain there is no time, there is no time. But but I've given some 10 different uh, times when we wouldn't be otherwise doing anything, but we could be doing this. And it may be even just 10 or 15 seconds or 30 seconds, but that little bit, little bit throughout the day adds up so much and it is we are becoming more and more aware generally in life more aware of the breath more being present I mean and improving our health uh, expanding our respiratory system purifying the blood because of more oxygen that is taken in uh, having better thinking because uh, the blood that goes to the brain has more oxygen content like it has got so many on so many levels it brings benefits just this very very simple tool and therefore just mastering even this uh, will will just make a person uh, you know more advanced in yoga huh, than someone who would do who would balance on one foot and you know who can do uh, a lot of other uh, gymnastic things but who is not focusing on the breath or who is breathing completely wrongly so wow like I, I'm just thinking about going through a day and how I find myself catching my breath. Like I, I've caught people, I catch people by alarm. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it because I'll get this like, like that. Like that's how, I don't know if you were able to hear that, but it's like all of a sudden my body is just trying to catch its breath again, but I'll be sitting there or, oh. you know, or, or I will yawn when I'm not actually tired and it's because I've forgotten to breathe. <laughs> mm. Is this something that we should be starting our day with? You know, or while we're sleeping, are we breathing the quote right way? Or while we're sleeping is what I'm trying to say. Are we breathing the quote right way? Have we been so training our why, body yeah. to sleep, to breathe wrong when we sleep? No, actually, if you train yourself to be breathing right during the waking time, you would be breathing right even when you sleep. Because you have trained your body to be breathing right. Hmm. So that is in the waking state. Of course, first, if we have not been, then consciously we may have to place the hand on the stomach because that way you can actually feel the movement. And once you know in consciously that the stomach is able to come out every time you take a breath in, then we don't even need to place the hand on the stomach. You can just place the hand on your knees and you can practice this. And once this has become a part of you that you don't need to be thinking about it and every time you breathe you know that it is coming out and it has become so much a habit uh, because everything is a habit even the right breathing has to now become a habit because we kind of left the good habit as infants and we resorted to other means so now we need to retrain and make this uh, the new habit but once this has become the habit then your system automatically knows that this is the way to do it because this is the natural way we were born with to breathe so we will be just sticking to the natural way and then even when you sleep it would be correct it would not go wrong I love that I've been noticing a lot more and more lately that I I catch myself slouching like all day every day and I mm. I saw an ad on Instagram it's this little device that you put between your shoulder blades and it buzzes it's like a it's like an um, invisible fence collar for dogs. You know, it sort of buzzes. It doesn't shock you when you're slouching during the day. 
And I was thinking, that's cool. It was a lot more money than I'd want to spend for something like that. But I just thought it was so intriguing. I mean, it would be awesome to get our body trained to sit up straight, to get our good posture, and also to be breathing properly all day long. I, I can't even imagine just starting with that. Yeah. What just- would come after we got that set up. Yeah, you you are right. You don't we don't need all those machines to tell us how our body should be, um, because our body itself is a wonderful machine. You know, it can do everything. It can self repair. It can it can bring positivity in our minds, uh, positivity in the work, just because of our physiology. It can do everything by itself. See, that is why the beauty about yoga is that you are getting you can exercise every part of the body without resorting to another machine to you know exercise this like when we go to gym there are so many machines for uh, the biceps for legs for stomach for whatever for every part there is there are different machines but our body is so sophisticated and such a wonderful machine that it it has got all the joints at appropriate places that when we use them it can itself form its own exercise and so that is what uh, the, the science of yoga has put the yoga poses in such a way that it can do this unique combination of body movement with the breath. And uh, I've noticed that in many, many uh, yoga classes, even if they do the yoga poses, they are doing it more like an exercise and they are not, they may simply say breathe, like, you know, now and then they're just reminding people to breathe. But yoga poses goes a lot more than just remembering to breathe. In in yoga poses, like every movement has to be accompanied by either an in-breath or an out-breath. And that is a constant movement. Like when I do this, I'm taking a breath in. When I do this, I'm taking a breath out. Then when I do this, so it is a constant sinking of the entire movement with either the in-breath or the out-breath. It's not a constant uh, movement of the body like how it has been made. So even just learning one or two simple poses or exercises and because breath is already, you know, put into this yoga pose, like that's the right way. You can even call any exercise a yoga pose. Otherwise, it's not. You may call it yoga, yoga pose, but it is not. It's simply just exercising the body and imitating the poses from the science of yoga. So that is how I would put it. So Wow. I want to know more, Shanti, and I'm sure that listeners want to know more as well. Where can listeners find you online and get to know more? So I wrote a book, uh, Kim, yeah. um, this year and launched it in April, and it became a um, number one international bestseller. Congratulations. And, yeah, thank you. And... That book is called Happiness, The Key to Success, 12 Meditation Steps to Uncover Your Joy, Healing and Success. So I speak a lot in that about happiness, about success, about yoga, meditation, about the link between all of them. And uh, it is a four book series. And I have the book one, which I'm sharing it with everyone for free. So your listeners can get a taste of what I'm speaking and I've described in that in the book one what is really authentic yoga how is it different from you know just merely yoga poses is yoga 
how is it connected to meditation are they two different things are they one and the same so a lot of these concepts and how yoga is really connected to our life our happiness about the highest way so how yoga can help us live our highest life our highest potential so all that is covered and i would really encourage um, your listeners to go to this website uh, www.happinessthekeytosuccess.com all one word and two is t o there's no number there so happinessthekeytosuccess.com and if they go there they can download book 1 and so that way they will get connected to me and i will get connected to them incredible thank you so much now listeners if you're driving trying not to cook dinner or exercising or just busy with life you can go to thekimsutton.com/pp532 and there will be a link to shanti's book as well as all the other ways that you can find her online right there in the show notes Shanti, I just want to take one moment to challenge the listeners because I want to ask the listeners, are you free? Are you present and are you giving? And I want to hear your feedback and I'm sure Shanti would love to hear it as well. So go over there again, thekimsutton.com/pp532 and leave a comment down below the show notes. Shanti, this has been an amazing chat. Like I I want to know what the next step is like after breathing. So thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? Yes, I would love for everyone to incorporate a little bit of yoga in their life. It's not the question about you are interested in yoga or not interested. Yoga is like the veggies and fruits in your diet. it's not the question of oh i am not interested in fruits i am not interested in vegetables they are a vital nutrient that is needed for the body and yoga is the science of how to live right and it is very important to incorporate some aspect of it in your life whatever aspect calls out to you so please make time in your life to just understand what this is and what aspect would best resonate with your aptitude and lifestyle Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Uh-huh.